The Bull Radio Football Show. Rangers and Celtic are moving on from the old firm Fallout with two massive matches in Europe just over 24 hours away. We'll hear from Neil Lennon on reaction to Saturday and his take on what's to come tomorrow against AC Milan. Rangers are having a UEFA media conference as we speak right now. So hopefully we'll hear from Stephen Gerrard in the next couple of hours as well about their Europa League opener in Belgium against Standard Liège. Former Rangers and Belgian international midfielder Thomas Buffel will give us the lowdown on what faces his old team. And we'll talk to one of the most outspoken chairman in Scottish football, Aberdeen's Dave Cormack, will be with us in the second hour, it's Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, and Barry Ferguson here for your delectation and delight over the next couple of hours. Join us, please, and here's how you do it. Give us a wee call, 0808 17 17 700. Jump on those texts, 87474. Put go at the start or on the socials at Go Football Show. We'll be reading them out throughout the show, so get in our DMs as soon as you can. Yeah, we'd be happy to hear from you. I said that we've moved on, Rangers and Celtic have moved on. You probably haven't from the old firm fallout, so if you want to talk about what what happened on Saturday lunchtime at Celtic Park. We're definitely in for that and up for that. And if you want to talk about what faces Rangers and Celtic in Europe uh, tomorrow night, then we're happy to hear from you as well. It was, of course... Celtic nil, Rangers 2 as uh, Stephen Gerrard's team moved four points clear at the top of the Premiership. Celtic have a game in hand and Neil Lennon has today been giving his reaction. Look, you always get, for me anyway, an overreaction from a, a disappointing performance or defeat. I think these players are amazing. I think they've done amazing things. I'm confident that they'll continue to do amazing things for the club. We weren't very good, particularly in the second half on Saturday, and that's on me. So I have to take responsibility for the team performance and not the players. We're working really hard in the background now to you know, get back to the, the penetrating quick football that we know we're capable of doing and that's what we're looking for in the next sort of three to four games to try and hit those heights again. Let's talk on the Go Radio Football Show to a man who knows Neil Lennon very well, the former Celtic defender Ramon Vega. Ramon, how are you? Hello, guys. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Um, what did you think Saturday of uh, Rangers beating Celtic 2-0? Well, first of all, I have to congratulate Rangers, obviously, because I think they've displayed quite a good game on that on that day. You know, it's uh, obviously as a Celtic uh, ex-player, very very disappointing uh, on the result. You know, so I think I said Neil Lennon says yes, he's taking responsibility in a way. But I think from my point of view as a player, when you play. You know, a derby like Celtic Rangers, when you know the meaning of that, you know, the preparation the week before and the expectation of the fans as a player, you have to take also a massive responsibility on, on, on the day when you're playing. And I remember from my experience, uh, that's the game you really don't want to lose on the season, to be honest to you, you know. And that's the one you're really going, not just 100%, uh, 200%, you know, to make sure you actually... Uh, are the number one in Glasgow, you know, and that's a little bit the part of disappointing. I, I, I saw within the players' point of view. Um, I think Neil Lennon as a manager is doing correctly now, protecting the players. But I hope the players now are reacting uh, the right way and and, and appreciating that. Uh, yeah, they need to put the finger out. <laughs> Good, yeah, well put. Um, so do you think? Simple as that, you know. <laughs> do you, think you know the, what I mean? So the players let them down, Ramon. 
Well, I think part of it as well, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I, I, listen, at the end of the day, as a manager, you can do as much as you can uh, off the pitch, you know. But when it comes to, to, to the game and starting, I think it's the 11 on the pitch are the ones that uh, need to do the, the, the business, you know. Now, I have to add as well, and I think, I think it's everywhere a little bit, I think having not fans within the stadium has a huge effect to the, to the players as well. On both sides, Celtic and Rangers, you know, we know what Celtic Rangers' atmosphere is at Celtic Park or Ibrox. It's unbelievable, you know. That gives you another 20-30% energy just on the pitch. Even your tunnel down, you might come up to 2-2 or something like that, you know. That kind of third, uh, 13 uh, player is not there now at the moment and that also has a big effect with the players as well, you know. So I think in one way, yes, uh, they're let Neil partly down, but I think Neil knows now as well that he needs to put these guys uh, uh, mentally together because yeah. he needs to really uh, go forward now. You would you would have looked on in horror, I would imagine, at that first goal and, and the way it was conceded. Do uh, yeah. <laughs> you want me to be honest about uh, it? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so, you know. Listen, uh, no doubt, it was awful. Uh, and I uh, and I think this is something that I have to learn very, very quick. You know, games like that, big games like that, that's where you, that's where you start not making such mistakes. And that's where you actually need to be 100% or 110% concentration, you know, talking to each other within the defence, especially, you know, that's where really, really uh, 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 you need to come out as a good player. If you're a good player, that's where you're making uh, to be, uh, you show you are a good player, you know. I have to agree with, with Ramon about the players taking responsibility I think it's far too easy to put the, the full responsibility on the manager I know he needs to pick the starting 11 but I think at some stage it was like me and me when I was at Rangers and Raman being this be self at, at Celtic when you play in these games when you cross that white line the responsibility is on your shoulders and I thought on Saturday which really surprised me the Celtic players didn't take that responsibility was was the was COVID was COVID an excuse, Ramon, for for Celtic and the fact that they were shorn of of quite a few key players who would have been automatic starters? Listen, I think that would be a simple excuse. Let's be honest. Just kind of uh, as as Fergie was saying, you know, uh, you know, we played one of the two biggest clubs in in, in range in in, in uh, Scotland. You know, these derbies is one of the biggest in the world. Let's 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 uh, be frank about it. You know, if the players on that day do not really uh, uh, putting uh, the finger out let's call it a that then you have a problem you know and as a manager you don't even have to motivate that week I remember a week before even it, it was for me it was a new experience because I had the North London derby obviously Spurs Arsenal yeah, yeah. but that week beforehand I never experienced in my life you do really kind of uh, get the impression how important it is for the Celtic supporters to, to win that game because it's like a major, major battle. And for that, you don't need to even motivate the players. You are already motivated. And that's the part I was disappointed on Saturday. And that's why I'm saying that has to take responsibility to the players as well. I, d- I don't think I've ever heard the phrase pulling the finger out sound quite so good as it does uh, from Ramon Vega, to oh, be honest. It sounds so much better when <laughs> Ramon says that. Imagine me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that, that, that would have been another adjective. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I, know. I, can't, I, can't, I can't say it in Glaswegian accent, but, you know, it is what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Ramon, have you seen much of Celtic? Have you been watching... 
much of them since yeah. they, they made the signing, obviously. What, what are you thinking of the back? Obviously, a defender, <laughs> a, a quality defender like yourself. What's your thinking on Celtic as a back three? Uh, listen, I think they improved by... They had got a few, few good centre-halves there. I think they brought in the... Uh, what's it called? The Irish guy. Duffy. Uh, into Shane the, Duffy. Yeah, Duffy. You know, he's done a good performance right at the beginning. Great for him. Fantastic, you know. But I still uh, believe there is uh, a need there. Um, a certain higher quality, to be honest with you. That's my view now, within the, within the three of the backs. You know, they're great. I think they may only need one one possible character that will guide them. That's my view from watching them. But you're impressed with Rangers? Yeah, so far, obviously, I have to. I have to be honest about it uh, uh, because uh, I think they've done uh, 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 a great... Uh, uh, I think Stephen Charles put the team together in the, in the mind that they're winning. Uh, they start to win uh, properly. There's the belief in themselves as well again. Uh, I think uh, and, and I'm quite impressed with them and that's why I think there's a danger in a year such important also for Celtic I mean you're talking about the 10th now to win potentially you know uh, this is also something the players has to in their mind to say listen this is a very important historical year for Celtic Classic as well and, and having Rangers in the back like that uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great because the com- competitive is nice with the Scottish League, you know. But uh, as a Celtic uh, ex-player, I think it's very important they really put their mind together, you know. Raman, it's Ali here. Um, I don't know if you've seen much of the chat about the Super League, but if you have, what are your thoughts on it? An absolute nonsense, to be honest with you. Uh, from my point of view, I think it's greed behind. I think it's an elite uh, scenario again. Uh, it's not just that. I think previous weeks before they were talking about uh, with the Premier League in the, um, in the UK as well, trying to to eliteness of 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 the Premier League. You know, the big boys want to go away from the lower one. But the honest view, the football is 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 it's been built up by the pyramids. You know, if you don't have the whole grassroots, the big boys don't even exist. To be honest, you you know. So if they don't really coming down from the holes as they are now at the moment, they're really trying to. From my point of view, it will be bad for the game. It will destroy uh, the beauty of the game, the attractivity of the game point of view. And, and, and it's already now in that stage where, of course, we're watching quite a lot of games already on TV, but I think it's starting to get over the top already as well. So now, if you're only going to have unique elite football, I think uh, it will take away completely what we, I, uh, love to play and, and follow it, you know, and I think from my point of view, uh, that should be absolutely not even a good discussion to do that. We've already seen, Barry, so, so many moves made by the big clubs for the, the rich to get richer effectively and take grabbing a stranglehold on the game. And, and this would be another worrying move, wouldn't it, in that same direction? Yep, I, I agree with Raman. I, I just think it's selfish. I do, especially what's happening in the world just now with a lot of clubs struggling financially. I think. This breakaway, I think it was four and a half billion pound worth of investors. Um, there's a lot of clubs at this moment in time struggling, and I've got to agree with Ramon. I think it's a total nonsense, Rob. So you don't think it'll happen? I, f- I can't say it won't happen. I hope it doesn't. I really don't. I oh. think it'll kill football. If I'm being honest with you. Um, and when I come back last night, I actually watched it for a couple of hours. Listen to people's comments. I think all footballers and ex-footballers are in the same boat in this. Yeah. I think it's totally wrong. Mm. I, th- I think it's totally selfish. 
and they need to sort it out. But Rama, th- these clubs but, wield so much power, don't they? Well, I think listen, uh, football is always dominated by money. Okay, and that's we let's let's be frank about it. You know, football needs the money always. That's the good thing about it. That's great. Within the last last fifteen twenty years, the money was insane. Now you know, really grow massively. You know, but the problem is they started to have a bigger gap between the elite and the lower, kind of from tenth onwards, or even in Europe as well. Generally, you know, even the lower leagues, etc., they're completely disappearing. You know, before you had some fantastic Champions League qualification, where even the smallest in Switzerland, in this case, or the Balkan areas, they had some fantastic uh, teams uh, in the Champions League. They're disappearing now. You're just seeing every year the same. Uh, a kind of a team, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Munich, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Munich. That's it. And then maybe have two or three other players uh, team into it. And that's why it's going already in this direction. Now we're putting such a uh, Super League in place. It's nonsense as from point of view, you know. Do you, do you think Rangers and Celtic would be wanted in any shape or form in a in a breakaway European league, Rama? Well, they should, if if they're really thinking like that, they should calculate that to me because they're both ma- major, massive teams. You know, there's another another kind of conversation. You know, you've got obviously Scotland with two major teams like Celtic Rangers. You know, but you know, for years we've been talking they're going to integrate with the Premier League or with the uh, with the uh, I with England. You know, but from my point of view, if you take Rangers and Celtic away from Scotland, uh, the whole Scottish League will also have an, an effect. You know. From my point of view, it's very important that the pyramid, the grassroots uh, uh, stability and sustainability should be in place. And not just look, okay, we have the elite teams, Real Madrid, the Munich, the Manchester United. Great, our flagship. But the grassroots, that's where it's more important to build up a, a program in place. And the elite states where they are and where they're, what they're doing and pretty much distribute the money fairly and balance. That's where you should be more thinking about it and not distinct yourself from a major elite. Because football is not an elite a game. It's a it's a people's game. Do you know what? You'd make a great FIFA president. Oh my God. Thank you very much, my friend. That's <laughs> <laughs> the accent. I, I know. Accent's brilliant. <laughs> Ramon, no, no, but... Uh, he, he was different when he was on the pitch, believe me. Yeah, he wasn't quite so... Scottish accent. <laughs> Here's the ball. No, but... Uh, but I, I think I think it's it's you know various. I'm, I'm happy the various kind of also in, in my agreement. I think a lots of players, ex-players, uh, even from my generation as well. We listen. We 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 leave from the Champions League was great as well. We made our names through the Champions League as well in Europe as well. That's why we came through the ranks to go come to the UK, to Scotland, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, and I think. This is a natural growth where we, we process and it was exciting as a young player that you had these possibilities to grow and be an international player, you know? And I think it's slowly been taken away that. And that means yeah. the youngsters started to say, why should I bother? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, absolutely. Talking of big clubs, Celtic have got one in opposition this Thursday night. Tomorrow night it is um, at Celtic Park. Uh, AC Milan come calling... Um, what sort of force do you reckon, Ramon, they are currently, obviously a massive name in European and world football, what sort of, uh, what sort of shape are they in at the moment, do you think? I think they've been uh, extremely good shape. I think they've been doing a fantastic season so far. I think in the last 
from record of the last three to four games. Yeah, they've won all four, haven't they? All four, all of them. And of course, we've got uh, the biggest striker uh, 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 in name and, and quality, uh, you know, Slatan in there, you know, his character, his, his charisma. Uh, I think any team, he will bring it to, to, forward because just from his confidence, the way he is, you know. Uh, he will definitely be a major, major, major danger, and I think this is what I think from the when we're looking back. What do I think from our, the centre halves in the backs? You know, they're going to have a major, 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 major work on on, uh, uh, on the game. You so, know, so they have to improve big got, time from Saturday. Oh, there's no doubt. This is no, you know, they have to improve uh, very rapidly. And I think, to be honest, it is also a very good game to improve from Saturday to bounce back. I think it's, actually, it's the right sort of game for Celtic. Absolutely, because this is where this is the highest standard in Europe. You've got one of the best teams in Europe as well. You've got some quality players in that squad the AC Milan. And on top of that, they're coming with major confidence uh, uh, into this game, you know. So there's no better game to actually, as a player, to come in and say, listen, mate, I done wrong on Saturday. I'm going to show them I'm on the right. I'm a safety player. I'm going to show them I'm the right man for for this uh, for this uh, job. And I think this is what these players have to think about tomorrow. Raman, good to hear from you. And I think in the last 15 minutes we've managed to sort out the problems of world football as well. So uh, we've done pretty well. <laughs> well, listen, say hello to Glasgow and say yeah. hello to everybody up there. All right. Will okay. do. Good to hear from Cheers. you. Cheers. That's the former yeah, Celtic thanks, defender, thanks, Ramon Vega. Get in touch with us on the Go Radio Football Show. That number, 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. It's Ali Devoy, it's Rob McLean, it's Barry Ferguson. Uh, Monday to Friday, the Go Radio Football Show, 5 till 7. Great chat there with the former Celtic defender, mm. Ramon Vega. He managed to make uh, pulling the finger out sound almost classy in his <laughs> uh, very educated tone. So we've heard from him and we'll also hear shortly, uh, very soon from the former Rangers midfielder, Thomas Buffel, Belgian international, of course, and he has lots to tell us about Standard Liège who lie in wait for Rangers in the Europa League uh, tomorrow night. The football just keeps on coming. Aberdeen 4, Hamilton 2 last night, which took the Dons into third place in the Premiership. Just three behind Celtic now with that game to come at Pataudry on Sunday, of course. And the fallout, the old firm fallout continues from what happened Saturday lunchtime. Celtic nil, Rangers 2 and those two European games just over 24 hours away now for Scotland's survivors in Europe. It's uh, 5.55 for Rangers in Belgium against Standard Liège and it is 8 o'clock for Celtic. Celtic at home to AC Milan. VIP guests on the show as usual, but we'd like to have you involved as well. And here's how you can do it. Give us a call 0808 17 17 700. We have got, well, a little bit of space in the lines, but you can squeeze in. We'll do our best. Or you can drop us a text 87474. Put go at the start of your message or on those socials. I'll be checking the DMs in just a wee second at Go Football Show. If you're not already in there, jump in and get involved. Pine Bovril, not just uh, our favourite double act at football matches, when indeed there were fans in and when indeed there was catering uh, to go with it as well. But uh, Pine Bovril, also the name of a very popular uh, Scottish football fans forum. And we're going to be talking shortly to the man be- behind it. But uh, lots to get through uh, later in the show as well, including the Aberdeen Football Club chairman, Dave Cormack. He's always got plenty to say, not just about his club, but 
bit about the state of Scottish football and how it is dealing with the pandemic. That is very much in our thoughts at the moment. But uh, talking of Pi and Bovril, here he is, Div McDonald, the man behind it. And fair to say, Div, Scottish football's most popular fans forum. I don't imagine you're going to disagree with that. Uh, that's very kind of you to say so. Um, certainly the busiest, I would think. Um, and yeah, it's the best and the longest to start as well. We've, I think we've maybe got a dodgy phone line. We'll persevere with it for a moment and then we might try again. But how worried are you, Div, at, at the moment about what we're sailing into here in Scottish football? Are we are we going to get the season finished? I hope so. Um, it is worrying times. I think we're going to what's going on in the rest of the moment and I can see the, the virus numbers are really worrying and football's not in, so we're now being impacted. And I've seen, seen it every single week now, uh, players and, and clubs um, losing players and not being able to fulfil fixtures already. So it's uh, worrying, definitely. How good is the, or, or otherwise, is the communication process in terms of keeping fans across what's happening and, and, and up to date with, with what's happening? I think it's really difficult for them, obviously. I mean, it's, it's a fairly fluid situation and it, Changes. We obviously the teams are being twice a week. So we had obviously an incident last weekend where the Simpson game was postponed really late, and um, which was really unfortunate for everybody. But just the nature of the testing results taking time to do. And I think most fans appreciate what's going on, and they appreciate that their teams are going to be impacted at some point or another. Um, and the clubs are, are doing their but I think they're doing as well as they can to communicate with fans. Um, the league. I think could always do a little bit better here and there, but it's not been too bad in my opinion. The communication's not been too too bad. I think we're going to hang up on the line, Div, uh, and we're going to call you back uh, immediately um, to get hold of you on hopefully a better line because it's just breaking up uh, a, a little there. Um, but I mean, the whole the whole COVID relationship with Scottish football, and, and for, unfortunately, oh, in fact, there, there we go. There is. Oh, I love this. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, I know. You see, you had to answer there because we we knew you, we knew you were there. So if you if you'd uh, if you if you'd, you'd given us, us if you us there, then we wouldn't have accepted it. Div, I wouldn't be blame him if he dingied us. No, absolutely. <laughs> but that no, that's that sounds like a much a much uh, a much a much better phone line. And and yeah, I'm I'm really just I mean you you and 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 your your forum div, I think are are probably very representative. Of of the fan side of of Scottish football, the heartbeat of the game, if you like, and I, I'm just trying to get a sense from you at the moment of of, of uh, how much fear you have about what what might just be around the corner. I mean, you, you've you're a you're a big Saint Mirren fan, obviously, and and Saint Mirren have been affected more than once already uh, by this, and and it's just we're, we're we're starting to accept it, aren't we? Because it's just happening so often, not just at St Mirren or around other clubs, but through international football as well. We're hearing Standard Liège have got COVID-related issues going into their game against Rangers tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely, it's it's, it's becoming part of the football week now. Um, so tomorrow will be the day that we find out if any of the Premier clubs have, have had new positive tests. It's always a, a, a Thursday that we find that out. And then say you're then on tender hooks as well up until the weekend because they get tested again as we saw on Saturday where uh, this one game ended up being postponed really late. So yeah, you used to look out for hamstring injuries and, and ankle injuries and things like that. And now you're also adding COVID to just part and parcel of 
of the game and um, unfortunately we're playing through a pandemic so we just need to stuck it up and just accept that as part of the game at the moment. Dev, um, earlier on socials I saw you were kind of chatting about season ticket holders um, and being locked out of games or lucked out as, and locked out of the games at the moment unfortunately and it's looking like it's going to continue. What was the kind of general consensus from football fans to your, your posts about that conversation earlier today? Um, you know, everybody's frustrated. Everybody wants to be in. Um, everybody, I think we probably should have had more back in before this kind of wave of the virus. But I think right now, right at this time, I'm not sure is the time to be expecting to play back in again, if that makes sense. Because I think things are getting, unfortunately, at the moment. And we need to accept that. But everybody, you know, everybody's frustrated. You see... People are going into cinemas and things like that, and you're saying, well, why can that be allowed? But nobody's allowed in games. Um, but, as I say, I think right now is not maybe the time to ask that question, and I think most people would get that. That time has to come soon, though. I should have some fans back in games, hopefully before, I don't know, the end of the year. Um because it's killing us and the game is not the same. You know, watching the game at home, it's just, it's so clean. It's not the same at all. Um, even a thousand people in the stadiums would make such a massive difference, I think, to spectacle and to the the games. I've got to agree with Dev. It's been obviously I'm involved at, at lower league, Dev, um, and the Lowland League with, with, with Kelly, and we really rely on the, the fans coming through the door, and we've got a decent setup. I think we're a, a our um, capacity is two and a half thousand. We could, we could easily social distance three hundred to four hundred people in there. As Div made a good point, there's people allowed to go to cinemas and whatever. Why can we not allow the fans to come in? Certainly at, at lower level, because a lot of clubs I think in the coming weeks or, or the next month or so are going to really struggle financially. Because us as a club, we rely on people coming through the gates, and I would hazard a guess that. 90% of the, the lower league clubs rely on that too. But I mean, it's, it's, diff- uh, but it, but it's, di- it's difficult to see that, that happening though, Div, isn't it? You know, I mean, we all we all look at the um, the parallels with going to the cinema, which you can do at the moment, but but there are no... I have David no- Proven last night. You can sit in a plane. Yep. An inch or two away from somebody with a mask on. Not socially distanced. Yep, exactly. Yep. So you go to some of these lower league stadiums and even in the Premier League... Why can you not get? I understand it's a horrendous virus that has killed people and it's 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 tough on a lot of people. But I think if we sat down round about the table and tried to sort something out, I'm sure we could we could help the clubs that are suffering during this. Are we getting the right representation? Do you think from the the football authority leaders, Div, in terms of getting the message across? I think it's difficult. It's difficult to, to know what I'm sure a lot of conversations going in the background that we're not going to. Um, to think there's a bit of pressure being put on the, the government as much as possible. But, you know, again, you, you, you hear players studying daily briefings, and it's really hard sometimes when she's talking to them try and make a case for, for football returning when there's so many other things going on in the country. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, more important than football. So we have to kind of we have to accept that decisions have been being made for the right reasons. Uh, but I do think, you know, hopefully, we will have some sort of some sort of fans back in games sooner rather than later because, it's, you know, the, the are 
completely reliant on that. Uh, the Premiership teams, I think, are going to be struggling, but it's what at least you really fear for them with their truncated season and also no gate money, no hospitality. It's, it must be killing them. Dev, we're going to get you back some other time on a better phone line because um, it just uh, it's not too great in terms of quality at the moment. So we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much for, for talking no to us. We'll definitely, Cheers, we'll definitely talk to you again as well. Div of uh, Pi and Bovril, the, the football forum. Apologies for the, the quality of sound there. That was beginning to nip all our heads, I think. So it was time to, to call it quits. Let's... Let's continue our look forward to those uh, big matches uh, coming along tomorrow night. Of course, it, firstly, it's uh, Rangers against Standard Liège in Belgium. Uh, and then it's Celtic against AC Milan. Um, two ties really to whet the appetite as the Europa League group stages get underway. Uh, let's hear from Neil Lennon. Big question marks, of course, on the back of... Uh, the COVID situation which affected Celtic so much on Saturday. Big question marks about Odson Edouard and Ryan Christie. Here's the Celtic gaffer. Yeah, Ryan will be in the squad. We're, we're assessing again whether he'll be fit to start. Odson's doing some, uh, he's, he's had the cardiac screening, he's had the blood tests, and now we have to, you know, do some physiological work with him in terms of getting what response his, his heart rate is to certain exertions before we can you know, clear him to chain fully with us again. So he's just going through the certain health and safety protocols at the minute. So it's not just the the instant absence of Odson Edouard at the time, self-isolating in France, coming back, missing the old firm game. It can go on and on, can't it? The repercussions are still being felt. Still, tests, Barry, to be to be carried out to work out. I mean, he's not obviously not going to be available. He's not in the squad for for tomorrow night. But you do wonder even if he's going to be back for Sunday at Pataudry. Yeah, Rob, it doesn't look like it. Um, what what Neil Lennon's just said there it, it, it is worrying because, as I said, I know his form wasn't great um, before international break, um, but he's still a big player for Celtic. He's an important player. Um, so that'll be a worry for Neil Lennon but the, the positive thing is he's got Ryan Christie back who I think um, I've said plenty of times on the show he's a big player for Celtic he, he's produced since he's um, he's come back on loan from Aberdeen he's been one of the most consistent performers for Celtic so at least he's got him back but it, it will be a worry that uh, Edward's going to be out it looks to me if he's not going to be available for tomorrow night against AC Milan He's going to be struggling for, for Aberdeen on Sunday, which is another massive game for Celtic. And just wrapping up the injury news at Celtic, of course, Chris Julian uh, missed out the weekend. He's had a problem with his back, and it sounds like that's a problem that's persisting. Yeah, he's going to be out for a period of time. He's still in a, a lot of discomfort. He's, he's had scans. There's inflammation in the spine, at the bottom of the spine. So yeah, he's going to be a few weeks yet, unfortunately. So, no Anson Edouard, no Chris Julian tomorrow night. Ryan Christie is back in the frame. That's the way Celtic are in terms of uh, squad at the moment. More to come in the rest of the show from Neil Lennon. More to come, hopefully, from Stephen Gerrard as well because Rangers having a UEFA media conference at the moment. And uh, more immediately, the former Rangers midfielder Thomas Buffel. Uh, a Belgian international will be giving us the lowdown on Liège. That's next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go.
It's incredible how quickly these games have come around. Uh, it doesn't seem so long since we were looking at the draws and uh, wondering about the chances of Celtic and Rangers getting through the group stages and maybe uh, getting to that knockout phase of the competition. Well, the group's underway tomorrow evening. Uh, it's a double bill tomorrow night. Rangers, firstly, that's a 5-6 to six kick-off in Belgium to play Standard Liège. Uh, Celtic afterwards at home to AC Milan's Latin uh, Ibrahimovic and all and uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about that game in detail hearing from Neil Lennon later on but let's talk now with the former Rangers and Belgium midfielder Thomas Buffel. Hi Thomas Hello everybody Or, or Barry Ferguson says <laughs> I should call you Tam yes, uh, And I'm calling Bass, yeah, Bass. <laughs> yeah. How are you Thomas? I'm fine thank you Thank you. And yourself? Yeah, we're, we're well, thank you. What are Rangers facing tomorrow night and how badly affected are Standard Liège by the, the COVID situation, which I think uh, immediately has ruled three players out for them? Uh, well, it's the first because I had a busy day. Which <laughs> players are ruled out? Right, well, I'm going to now try and find out the, the names for you. But in general terms, I mean, obviously, they're a point off the top of the Belgian top division, they, they drew with Club Bruges at the weekend. What what sort yeah. of shape are, are Standard Liège in? Well, yeah, they, they had a new coach now and, and they uh, they become uh, really, really a good uh, asset to the to the league this year. They have uh, a good start. Uh, there were some doubts because it's, it, it's a promising young team, but uh, they, they perform already quite good now in the beginning of the season and uh, like I said, a lot of young guys, uh, 19, 18 years, uh, even Van Heusden, central defender, uh, was now selected as well for the for the national team, eight, for the A team. So, uh, yeah, they, they're doing well. And, and, and um, so, uh, like you said, as well, a good result against uh, the leaders Bruges and the weekend. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's going to be a hard game for Rangers. Uh, at Liège, at the stadium as well, it's always... Uh, uh, a fury atmosphere now okay with the COVID situation there is maybe less uh, less atmosphere less uh, spectators but normally uh, at Liège at, uh, at the stadium it's, it's a nice stadium to play with a lot of atmosphere but unfortunately now for the players it's, it's another situation Yeah the, the three who've immediately been ruled out um, Thomas are Ruskin Sisako and Balikwisha yeah, well, especially uh, Rafkan in the midfield, even as well a young player, I think under eight, uh, 18, I think, player, uh, of under 19 player, is doing re- very well at the beginning of the season. And uh, yeah, he was really a regular starter in midfield, a box-to-box player, a little bit uh, similar as, as Bass. Not not yet that uh, that quality, but uh, yeah, promising you a good player and uh, even can score a goal. So yeah, it's good for, uh, for Rangers. He's not there. Thomas, how are you doing? All right. I'm fine, I'm fine. Good to hear you, mate. Aye, good. Um, I guess you've been keeping an eye on, on Rangers and obviously you've seen a bit of standard liège. How do you think Rangers will get on over there tomorrow night? I know they're missing the three players that Rob's just said, but do you fancy Rangers to be strong enough? Yeah, well, I think uh, how I can see still the squad of Rangers. Uh, they, they will have some more experience, I think, than, than Sander Liège. And I think in European games, it's always important as well. You have the, the experience and uh, this can be uh, maybe the key to win the game in Liège. Uh, talent-wise, yeah, Standard has a lot of talent as well in, 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 the, in the team. So 
that will be maybe a little bit the same quality, but uh, uh, especially the the experience will, will maybe favourite Rangers to to have a good result there. Yeah, did, did you watch a game on Saturday, the old fun game? Uh, I saw the goal, but uh, I, I unfortunately I didn't have the time uh, with my four kids to watch the game. <laughs> oh, we need to be having a word with you. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's live, eh? <laughs> yeah, ju- life. when you're juggling four kids, Barry, you know that that's real pressure. Yeah, but it sure as it sure as. I was always a goal scorer. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, t- Thomas, you were you were three and a half years at, at Rangers. What what would be uh, the the big highlight of your time with the club? Well, uh, winning the league in the last uh, last uh, day of the of the of the league uh, in Hibernian together with Bath, and as well the Champions League performance in the last uh, 16 we managed to get through, through against Inter Milan was a fantastic night. Yeah, these these were the highlights I think. Huh? Yeah. Thomas, what are you up to now? What what are you doing with yourself now? Well, I'm uh, coaching the the under 21s uh, of the uh, national team of Belgium and. Uh, as well, we have some players of, of Standard Liège there. Gino van Heusen, a central defender, a captain of the team of Standard. Yeah, it's, it's nice to work with these young lads who are making now uh, their steps in, in, in professional football. Obviously, with, uh, with the 21s, uh, the most have already won two, three years in the first team. So, uh, But still nice to, to, to just uh, work a little bit on, on the extras that they need to, to perform. But I went, are you in contact with Martin there, Zen? Just letting them know what ones you think are capable of getting into the, the full squad? Uh, sorry, I, I, I didn't understand the question. Are you in contact with uh, Martinez, the manager, in terms of yes. if somebody's doing well yeah, in the under-20 squad that you'll yeah. obviously put them forward for the full squad? Yes, we, 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 uh, we have now a situation, or, or Martinez created a situation, that the step has to be much closer to the 18 as well looking already to, to talents because maybe some players will retire at certain moments so we work with slow lists we, we, we changed as well the system um, with the uh, with, uh, 21 to 3-4-3 that we play the same system as, as the first team so Martinez can really look already to the profiles he will need to maybe in the future to uh, replace itself or others uh, maybe central defenders or, or even uh, yeah, Lukaku in the future but yeah of course, it will not be easy to to have the same quality uh, that 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 there is now because it's exceptional. But uh, of course, it's at the working point, and we we work closely together to to monitor the, the young players to to have a look who is uh, yeah moving up into the the ranking to become a first team regular in the, in the A team. What what you like as a coach? Because as a player, you were laid back. You similar as a coach. Yeah, well, I'm 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 still uh, learning, and uh, obviously, uh, as as another head coach, so I'm I'm have a different uh, role. Eh? I can still be a little bit laid back and 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 and, and just uh, be be more uh, a trainer on specific parts, uh, like I do, especially the attack, uh, automatism and stuff, and, and and giving a little bit advice of of running lines or or how to use uh, their bodies and. But uh, maybe yeah, in a certain day I can maybe uh, progress to, uh, to because I'm going to start now with my pro license and of, of course when you are a, a, a head coach you, you have to uh, perform different you have to uh, address different uh, speak different so uh, but uh, of course we, we can manage that in the future and uh, yeah but I'm still in, still a player who wants to win always and, and, and I try to, to give this character as well to the players.
You're listening to Thomas Buffel on the Go Radio Football Show. Why has Belgium been so successful, Thomas, in, in producing uh, such amazing football talent? Well, I think because they they changed as well the, the way of development uh, many years ago. I I was a player who, who, at 16 years, I changed Belgium to go to Holland because in Holland I had the opportunity to train more uh, intensively, like with school-wise. Uh, I, in Belgium, I only had the, 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 my former club, then Circle Blues. I only could train twice, uh, three times a week. And uh, at, at this le- uh, age, and uh, at Feyenoord and Holland, yeah, uh, I could train seven or eight times a week because they had more a change of, of how the school worked together with, with, uh, with the teams. And, uh, and gradually, uh, people in Belgium saw this, that had something to change, and, 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 and they tried to set up some, some, some uh, working lines with schools so they can put, um, <coughs> yeah, give the, the talents more time to train. And of course, they they invest as well to ex-former players to 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 working in their schools as well and, and football academies to uh, to yeah to um, to try and help uh, the the talent. So I think this this it's very important. Everything is, is training, 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 and the more you can train and with with good trainers, yeah, you can develop. Uh, I think uh, good good players, and that's that's where they started many years ago. Thomas, um, Barney's been bringing us organic wine and going on about it, but he tells me you're into the gin. What's what's that all about? Well, yeah, I see all the gins passing by of the five stars, but uh, probably my buffalo gin is much better than this. <laughs> <laughs> buffalo gin. <laughs> gin, yeah. No, yeah, it, it, it started two years ago with, with two friends who are a little bit in this business, and they asked me if I didn't want to... Uh, bring out my own buffalo and I said well yeah why not uh, maybe nice to have a try and yeah uh, it, it, it went well uh, for, uh, and now we are really uh, quite yeah big company is not the word but we we deliver as well a lot of private labeling like uh, to 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 companies as as, as relation gifts of, of stuff etc it's, it's nice because you come in contact with a lot of people uh, in business and yeah it's something different than football so uh, it's good to have the balance between now coaching the under 21s what's still not a full-time job and do a little bit business on the other side to have both sides of 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 of, of, of the road and after i can see what 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 suits me best i guess the most important question is is it flavored gin have you got all the strawberries and the raspberries or are you just doing a, a nice straight one can i just say i'm still waiting on my <laughs> delivery he promised me a bottle a couple of years ago has he, still... got, has he got you an address he's what, talking about can, deliveries has he got you an address you can, you can have, have every flavor you want uh, even with herbs or whatever so uh yeah it's, it's nice there you go yeah. sorted but not much, of course We'll, we'll have a buffalo uh, gin tasting when you get some sent across here. Uh, definitely, that sounds good. Um, Barry, for, the, for those listening who maybe know the name Thomas Buffel, but maybe not old enough to, to have seen him play, what, what, was, what was he like as a Rangers player? Yeah, I, 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 he was great to play. I'll be honest with you, I, I'd played with Ronald De Boer um, and Thomas came over and he was in that sort of bracket for me, technically. Very good. That's a that's a real compliment. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I just want a couple of lorries um, delivered the, the gin. <laughs> no, but when when he came over, I heard he was a good player. But until you actually play with something, you train every single day. His qualities were there for everybody to see. When he came over, Thomas, it's right in saying that you you did always struggle slightly with with your knee, didn't you? You had a, an injury with your Correct. knee. Um, yeah. Which I maybe have held him back, but I'll be honest with you. Technically, Thomas was was up there with the with the best that I'd played with on his day. 
He could win a game. He was. He, he was. It's nice to hear. Yeah. What? What about no, Bar- what about Barry Thomas? How, how would you describe his style? Excuse me. What, how would you describe Barry's style of play? Yeah, well, it's always nice for a player if you can play with the best, best players around because it's it's it, it, it gives you as well the extra lift to to perform. You know, if if I uh, got into a channel, I knew that Barry with his uh, perfect uh, kicking uh, w- would produce the perfect assist. And yeah, if you have players like this, then then you 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 play better as well. And uh, of course, as well, he was a very com- complete player. Uh, above all, he had a fantastic character to drive other players to the best. You know, and that's what you need as a captain, Rangers captain. He he he, he really gives two hundred percent for the for the team and for the club. And yeah, sometimes he uh, that's not maybe not the word. Yeah, I can maybe not say it. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah, it's not the right word because my English is not always that good. Moon, another moon. Synonym, but asshole is not the word. But he was always there to to encourage the the players and 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 make the best out of them, just for for the team to win. And and that's a, a great character. But yeah, he had everything: good shot, good technique, uh, very complete box to box player. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic to play with players like that. Yeah. It's the Mutual Appreciation Society. <laughs> you were great. Oh no, yeah, you no were, listen. You were great. I would I, I would be honest. I, I was surprised how good Thomas was. I mean, you, you know there's a good player coming across, but until you actually play with a guy, and uh, I just felt he was in the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's one honest, of the I, guys. I, 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 I'm still proud on, on what I managed at, at Rangers. In my two half years, I really played. After, I was a little bit emotional because yeah, I had to operate myself on my two knees. And I, I, I made this step that I should maybe in the future play more for Rangers on even a better level. And yeah, unfortunately, I was I was only really fit. I think end of August, uh, and the team that was a team who went to uh, the European final. Of course, the, the the Walter already picked his team, and they do doing well. And I couldn't force myself inside anymore. And after I had to make an, 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 um, a choice, going back to play for sure or maybe stay. But at that moment, it was difficult to stay. And uh, I had to leave, and then okay, probably the people didn't really follow me. But yeah, uh, then after I played nine years for Genk, and I played most games there. But yeah, on the other hand, I saw myself even play after my uh, knee uh, damage and operation still at Rangers, and, and perform even on a better, a better, uh, better uh, level. But okay, uh, what I had to two and a half years, I will never forget. Was fantastic to play with fantastic characters, players. And yeah, winning the league last moment, Champions League, uh, is only good memories. So it's a club who is always in my heart. And your prediction, scoreline for tomorrow night? Um, well, I think Rangers uh, have some good players who can always score a goal. So probably they, they can score there. For, yeah, maybe 1-2, uh, I hope. 1-2 in Rangers' favour? Yeah. Okay, and we'll do, and we'll just make sure you've got a address here for that massive uh, buffle gin delivery that's on the way. I'll WhatsApp him right after this show. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic to hear you all. Thomas, good to hear from you and uh, wishing Great. you all the best. Thank you. Good to hear from you, mate. Cheers. Cheers, Thomas. News at six on the way and an hour of football chat after that. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go.
Yeah, the football just keeps on coming. Last night, a Pataudry, Aberdeen 4, Hamilton 2, Aberdeen into third place in the Premiership. Now just three points behind Celtic. Uh, upcoming Europa League ties tomorrow night, less than, uh, well, not much more than 24 hours away for Standard Liège and Rangers. That's a 5-6 to six kickoff in Belgium, followed by uh, Celtic at home to AC Milan, and that is at 8 o'clock Friday night. Uh, the women's, Scottish women's international, uh, Scotland again, Albania and uh, we're even starting to inch towards the weekend now and uh, six massive premiership matches on the way Ali Absolutely 3pm kickoffs are four matches for the SBFL on Saturday Kilmarnock uh, of course are taking on Hibs they're going to Rugby Park Motherwell are hosting Ross County Dundee United are off to Perth to play St Johnson and St Mirren all going well are due to be back in action against Hamilton Ackies and hosting them at St Mirren Park and then on Sunday earlier kickoff 12 o'clock Aberdeen are hosting Celtic that'll be on Sky and the 3pm match is Rangers at Ibrox hosting Living Living Livingston Livingston I was going to say Livy but thought I'd be posh and that Aberdeen uh, Celtic game leads us very nicely to the Aberdeen chairman uh, Dave Cormack who joins us live from Atlanta Georgia hi Dave Hi, how are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Slight delay on the line, but we will uh, we'll make the best of that. I mean, talking about the Aberdeen Celtic game leads us to your move, your bid that you made uh, to the authorities to to try to get uh, a thousand fans in. Having had that successful test event uh, in September, you were looking for uh, some fans into that game uh, on Saturday. It was it was rejected. Did you, apart from the rejection, did you get an explanation as to as to why that can't happen? Yeah, I think that uh, the net-net on it, Rob, is, is that um, at this stage they don't want to consider um, any uh, any further test events. And in many ways, our um, appeal to, to get a 1,000 fans in on Saturday was really get a dialogue started where, where we can get a plan together. Because right now, you know, we've got... Um, it's confusing. You know, here we are at Aberdeen, and, and every club in Scotland faces the same thing which is that we employ thousands of people in Scotland in the football industry, you know, and indirectly there are thousands of jobs relying on us. At Aberdeen, it would be hundreds of people. And so it's our responsibility as a club and as club chairman to try and get a plan in place and understand under what circumstances that we're going to be able to get these tests. And again, we're not asking for carte blanche to every game for the next six months to have three, four, five thousand people in there. Obviously, a test is a test, and it needs to be put into context with uh, uh, the COVID situation in different parts of Scotland, you know. And so for, for us, it's really a case of appealing to say, look, under what circumstances can we get people in? Because uh, there are less regulated choices being made by the gov- government over football. I mean, you know, we will hopefully tomorrow try to get out um, you know, the plans that we put together at a high level for everybody to see, particularly our own supporters, for keep, keeping people safe, as we did at the at the Kilmarnock game where 300 were there. But, Rob, um, you know, we were told categorically at the outset of this by Jason Leach that uh, an outdoor, fresh air environment such as a stadium, in our case, Petaudry, is more palatable than all the indoor events that are being allowed today. And so that confuses people, you know, especially so, um, as clubs in Scotland. We employ uh, thousands of people 
that in and of itself is a challenge. And of course, we don't have the TV money that England has, which means that approximately 40% of our income comes from fans coming through, through the gate. So as much as it was rejected for this weekend, they told us that uh, what we did for the Kilmarnock game and, in fact, the other games uh, that we covered without fans was that we'd gone above and beyond. And so it's really trying to understand under what circumstances, because Jason told us categorically that open open air stadiums, you know, fresh air is more palatable um, than, um, than obviously uh, the indoor events. I mean, you can go trampoline if you want just now in Aberdeen. Yeah, so the, the messages are, are confused. I mean, do, do you feel as if you've had an answer which, which tells you why, why this isn't happening when people are able to go into cinemas or uh, huddle together on a, on a plane, but, but they can't be distanced inside a, a football ground in the outdoors? Yeah, and so obviously working through the SPFL and the SFA and the JRG, uh, these conversations, I believe, are going on right now and obviously we're hopeful that uh, some sort of plan or resolution comes out. I mean, every club in Scotland, I talk to all the chairmen regularly and the chief execs, all of us have probably gone through about five iterations of projections for this season. And um, and so that, and listen, every business is pretty much the same, but we have a responsibility to all our employees um, and um, and people at, at the club at, directly and indirectly in Aberdeen. And so that's really our appeal. Um, and hopefully the conversations that the guys have uh, from the GRG with the government will, will bear fruit. How much um, are Aberdeen losing money-wise on a, on a weekly basis? Well, I mean, I've made it fair pains to point out that it's, it's a million a month. Yeah. Um, the last projection that we came up with had shown that we got the 10 million hole down to about 3.8 million. Um, and but that's based upon fans being back in stadiums in January. Yeah. That's a couple of months ago. And so, yeah, as much as you, you know, we 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 saw sell Scott McKenna, um, we then have uh, potentially between January and the end of the season. We've got another two to two and a half million that we will lose if there's not fans back in stadiums. And so, you know, it's a case of, you know, um, marching up and down the hill, so to speak, with these numbers. And so that's really, you know, from our perspective, a, a real challenge. And one of the questions, Rob, that's come up I've seen regularly is that, well, listen, why are you adding players in and why are you? You know, for example, uh, buying Ross McCrory, although we, we don't pay for that until the middle of next year. The simple answer is this. Aberdeen budgets for, we don't budget to be 12th in the league each year. Our aspirations are high. We budget to get to Europe every year and to the large stages of the Cups. That generally is worth, let's say, two to two and a half million of prize money. Now, if I take a million pounds out of the football budget and become less competitive... I might cut my nose off to spite my face because I lose two and a half million in prize money. And that's a dilemma that every club has. And that's why we do team in our club with the backing of all of our employees as well. We've done town halls is to keep the investment in the product football as high as it can be. 
We've got Lewis Ferguson's uncle Barry in the studio with us Barry what would you like to say to Dave? Dave I was just going to ask you I know the players took a salary reduction um, At the start of the season And credit them for, for doing that Is that a worry That you might need to go back to them at some stage And ask to take further reductions? Yeah Obviously the first thing we did Barry was um, And by the way we loved Lewis at Aberdeen Good scored a cracker <laughs> last and, uh, night Scored a cracker. Oh, yeah, it was um, it was a cracking goal. But um, anyway, um, so from what we started out with in April, we asked for a deferment, okay, um, of staff, and that is paid. That's to be paid back May next year. And in fact, there's a reason that that uh, Rangers kindly agreed not to get the money for Ross until after that. We've got an agreement with our players. That, that we will not go out there and spend money on transfer fees until they are paid back their deferments. And so there's a deferment piece of it. It has to be paid back. Then we've got about a million pounds of savings from across the club. And I mean, our goal, Barry, was really to not make anybody redundant as a, as a result of COVID. And I know many other clubs have made you know, tens, dozens of people redundant. And what we've set out to do with these deferments and with these um, cuts is to keep the small guy employed, for want of a better term. And so there's no redundancies at Aberdeen so far. We've been able to kind of cope uh, with that. But really, it's how long is, is this piece of string, Barry? Because yep. you know we've got uh, next summer, and, and one other thing you mentioned is we plan ahead. We try and get succession planning in place. So last summer, we brought in a whole bunch of new players but we were kind of sick and tired, and I sat down with Derek, of, of having eight or nine players out of contract every year. So it, it, it's expensive to do it, but we've planned ahead. We had significant signings last summer and in the January window and in this window. But we've got a whole bunch of players out of contract next summer, and um, that's one of the reasons we want to get ahead with the government to try and get some sort of sense of where all of this is headed. And we all understand a plan can change. But uh, I, the short answer, Barry, is that the last thing we want to do is be doing something like that, going back to the well, so to speak. Um, but it could absolutely affect us next summer in the transfer market. Are the Scottish clubs, Dave, together in this in this battle for well effectively it's a battle for survival isn't it I mean Scottish football has been dogged historically by self-interest and clubs simply looking after themselves are the clubs right now together uh, in terms of you know getting funding getting support getting back up uh, getting fans back into the grounds if where possible as well is there a togetherness about Scottish football which which so often has been sadly lacking well, obviously, I'm fairly new to kind of being involved dealing with, um, you know, the SFA, SPFL and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the answer is yes. But I, we find it, I find it very useful when, for example, the clubs, the premiership clubs get together to talk about these issues. And so I think absolutely everybody is together with us and kind of empathetic with the situation, you know, that we're all, all kind of faced with because... At the end of the day, it doesn't do Scottish football any good if a number of clubs are going to go under, you know, and are challenged. But, uh, no, I, I feel like there's a togetherness that is there. And we just have to kind of 
hope that um, uh, the folks that represent us at government level are able to come up with some sort of plan because it's important to give people hope as well, not necessarily false hope. But, you know, when I look at the 300 fans we had in at Pataudry for that game, and it's not just Aberdeen. I mean, Celtic Rangers, all the clubs have got great plans. It's not just us. And we're not the only ones that should do test events. When I take a look at um, how we executed that, we could have had 3,000 fans into that game. There are thousands of people come into Aberdeen City Centre at the weekend, and, and they're sensible about getting in there with public transport. So why couldn't we have 3,000 people in at Pataudry? Of the 300 people that turned up at Pataudry, we haven't had a one COVID case. You know, and, and I mean, that sounds like maybe a wee bit of a... It's kind of jocular to some extent, but I've got a 90-year-old mother-in-law in Aberdeen and an 89-year-old uh, uncle who both go to Pataudry, by the way. And, um, you know, they're being told they can't have any family members visit their home and they're on their own, but they can go to the pub and then go to a restaurant, which they don't want to do in case they catch COVID, or they can go trampolining. And as much as the mother-in-law and uncle, uncle are fit people, that trampoline days have gone by. Yeah, yeah. But you ask them, well, where would you go? Where would you go? They say, I'd go to Pataudry. I'd like to be out in the fresh air of Pataudry watching a game. I don't want to go trampoline. I don't want to go to the pub. And I don't want to go to a restaurant. Um, Dave, if you were to have a direct conversation with Nicola Sturgeon, is that what you would say? What would you say to her? Oh, that's a great question. That's a really good question. Look, I think... I think overall, and this is a personal opinion, is that um, I think that dialogue, healthy dialogue, is important. People need to ask the questions. You know, I, I don't hear, or from what I see, and I get it here in the States, STV and BBC, I don't hear a lot of um, investigative journalism kind of going on. This, this, this COVID um, situation is terrible, right? But it's going to be with us forever. It's just going to be another version of the flu, albeit we want to get the um, we want to get the um, the vaccine. Excuse, vaccine, sorry, yeah, the vaccine uh, there. Um, but the reality is, the Scottish government needs to give itself more credit. I mean, back in April, in April there were something like eight thousand people died in Scotland in April, and twenty percent of them died of COVID. Of the 20% of people that died of COVID, right, then 92% of them had an underlying condition with an average age of 80. And this is government data. If you dig into it, you can see it. Today, in the last month, right, 4,600 people died in Scotland, 125 of COVID, which is less than 3%. So we've done a fantastic job of controlling it. Uh, but, but whatever... For me, I would say to Nicola, you know, how many of these new test cases are asymptomatic? People have no symptoms, and how many are false positives? I don't think it necessarily, for me anyway, is about the number of test, the cases that are positive because we're doing more testing. How many people are dying? How many people are in ICU? There's between zero and four people in ICU in Aberdeen right now. So again, for me, I would kind of be asking her, one from a football perspective, to kind of explain why they've chosen indoor events and ignored us when they said they wouldn't, and two, 
on the broader scale of things, I think there's more questions need to be asked in terms of um, the success we're having in reducing the number of deaths. We'll see if we can get you set up with that audience with the First Minister. But uh, one final question for you, Dave, and I, th- and I think and I think and I think people uh, people welcome your your openness and your transparency and and the fact that you speak your mind. Uh, a, fair, a bit more of that, I think, would be welcome uh, in Scottish football. Uh, to be honest, maybe it's your, maybe it's the, what the stateside experience has has done to you. But I, I'm interested, just finally, in 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 the answer to this question: Will Scottish football be able to ride out the storm? Or, or are we going to see some serious casualties along the way? Well, hopefully we don't see any uh, serious casualties, but that's a tough question to ask. It really depends on you know, how long this is going to take to get back to some sort of sense of normality. I mean, listen, it's not just about football, right? If this continues, the Scottish economy is going to collapse. There will be tens of thousands of people redundant. There's, there's just no way you can see the government wanting to continue to fund people not working. And so I think it's a bigger uh, issue for, for, for Scotland and, and, and the UK. But look, football has survived for 140 years. It will survive in one uh, shape or, or form. And, uh, and by the way, the comments I'm making just now, because I like to be transparent, are exactly the same things people are saying in private all over Scottish football. Yeah. Dave, good to talk to you. Uh, wish you all the best. Um, hopefully, you can make it across uh, to see the team soon. But uh, thanks for your views. Most welcome. Lovely to talk to you and uh, all the best. Thanks, Rob. Cheers. That's Dave Cormack, uh, the Aberdeen Football Club chairman on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Good to hear from the Aberdeen chairman Dave Cormack there just before the break speaking not just for Aberdeen Football Club but speaking for the whole of Scottish football as well making a lot of sense that's not going to catch on is it? <laughs> yeah I thought it was a, a a great shout some of the stuff he, he came out with I thought it was excellent and I liked a bit where I asked him about the obviously the guys taking reduction in wages he's thinking the bigger the bigger picture Rob Yeah, he's thinking about people who's working in the lounges people working at the front door so He's got his mind on trying to keep these people um, on a salary through real difficult times, but I thought it was a great interview, I did. Yeah, and um, yeah, the people have been there for donkey's years and are worried about their livelihoods. It goes much beyond football, that's for sure. So Aberdeen against Celtic is uh, the big match on Sunday. Um, uh, Rangers play Livingston, of course. But before that, those two big Europa League games tomorrow night. Standard Liège against Rangers. 5-6 to six start in Belgium. 8 o'clock for Celtic and AC Milan. I mentioned that uh, Rangers uh, news conference earlier on. A few quotes uh, are with us from uh, Steven Gerrard, who said uh, we've been playing our style of football for a couple of years now. So our players have got used to that style, but they can also adapt from time to time. I'm really happy with our performances. Not surprised. Surprisingly, on the back of what happened at Celtic Park on Saturday, Stephen Gerrard said, we're looking forward to a different atmosphere, of course, tomorrow with there's going to be a few thousand fans in uh, at that game. Uh, different rules in Belgium to the way things are in Scotland. Um, he's played in the stadium before, has the Rangers manager, when it was full, and he says it's a great place to play. He was asked about Glenn Kamara, outstanding at the weekend. He says Glenn's been fantastic for me since day one, and he's grown, evolved, and developed into a better player. He's in a fantastic place and playing with 
confidence. And in terms of squad for tomorrow, he said the squad's in a really good place at the moment. No surprise there. We still need to get Roof and Arebo up to full speed. So it doesn't sound as if those two uh, will feature, certainly from the start tomorrow night. Uh, everyone is fit and available, and it's only Katic who's not with us at the moment. Uh, he says he's excited to work with a full squad of players and maybe Rangers not too far away from uh, being in exactly that place. But even with a couple of significant absentees at the moment, doing very well indeed. Let's talk to Gav, who's a, a Rangers fan. He called us on 0808 17 17 700. You can too and get through to the Go Radio Football Show. Hi, Gav. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. What would you like to say? Um, it was just a quick question about Barry, if that's okay. Sure thing. Um, it was just on the European front. I just wanted to know why, what he thinks is the difference between Rangers and Europe under Gerard. As I feel like we're confident going into Europe and less confident in the league. As back in the early 2000s when Barry played, it was a case of we'd, we'd, we'd go into league games fine, no problem, and then go into Europe and we'd maybe think, ah, oh, no chance. And it seems to be rules reversed with Gerard. Yeah, well, I've got to agree. I think Rangers' form under Steven Gerrard over the past um, just over two years, sorry, has been excellent. There's no doubt that he's made a he's made his mark in Europe. Um, and then when they've come back off um, playing in a, a game on a Thursday night, they've maybe struggled at the weekend. But I, I see a different side to to Rangers this season. I see a different mindset, a different mentality. Um, when they've played in Europe on the Thursday, they've come back into the weekend game. On maybe not played as well as they they would have wanted, but the most the the most important thing for the manager is making sure they get the three points, and that's what Rangers are doing at this moment in time. But I do I do think his style of play is suited to mm. European football. Um, but this season certainly domestically, you're starting to see that happen in in the league games, um, and it'll be interesting to see after coming off obviously a great result of the weekend. They've got a tough... Uh-huh. We heard Thomas uh, Buffel talking there. Standardly, as you're a, a decent team with decent players. So it'll be interesting to see the reaction after tomorrow night's game on Sunday because that's going to be a, t- a tough one. That's This is where Rangers struggled last year when teams came and sat behind the ball um, domestically. But I just think there's, it's, Rangers are in a different place. They're in a good place at this moment in time. And the squad's really healthy, you've just mentioned. I don't think the two players that you mentioned, Rob, are too far away. They may be included in, in Sunday, but as things stand just now, I think the manager's getting it spot on domestically and in Europe. Would you change the team much, Gav, for tomorrow night? Uh, no, not really. I, I like the team. Uh, I've said it all season, I like the team. Um, just another point, Barry. I just wanted, um, I picked up on your points in open goal about Morelos. You want him more in the box. But yes. last year he was in the box. And he scored a lot of goals, but the team didn't score a lot of goals. And this year he's not in the box, and the team seems to be scoring more goals. We, I know we would like both, but if it, surely if we're going to have one, we'd rather him out the box and the team scores more goals. Yeah, well, you can't have it all your own way, can you? <laughs> but me as a number nine, I would rather see my number nine in, in, in the 18-yard box. There's no doubt about it. I, I think, look, he does great work outside the box at times, but if you're a number nine for Rangers, you've got to be scoring goals. Um I think that's the, the that's that's only criticism I, I can hold against Morelos. Um, I know he's had a, a lot of people having a go at him. I like him. I do. I, I think he's a real menace. I think I don't think um, if you ask any defenders in the Premier League, they enjoy playing against him. Um, but for me, 
I would like to see him more in the box. That's that's my opinion. That's my honest mm-hmm. opinion about him. Gav, does what happened on Saturday give you more confidence that Rangers will deliver domestically this season? Because, uh, as you say, there's no doubt about the quality that Stephen Gerrard's team has delivered in the European game. Uh, yeah, I was quite confident anyway. I, I, like I said, I've, I've been saying it all season. I think we're a good side. Um, I think we were quite unlucky last year with a different form. Um, it's all to play for, I guess. He was raving about Glenn Kamara. Are you a fan? Oh, very much so. I Lovely, technically. Good man, thanks for calling. Uh, that's Thank Gav, uh, Rangers fan. Another Rangers fan is Sean in Garthamlock. Hi, Sean. Hi there, guys. I'm Barry Ferguson. You're a legend, mate. One of my favourite players ever at Rangers, so you're a legend of mine. Um, see, this season, guys, I think Rangers could go a full season unbeatable. I think we'll go in the back. I think Rangers will win the league by 10 plus points this season. There's a confident uh, prediction, Barry. <laughs> I wish I was as, as confident as, as Sean, um, but I can see why he's confident. Listen, uh, just let's not get too carried away. Look, Saturday was was excellent. Um, there's there's no doubt about it. I, I've said plenty of times, Rob. I do see a different side to Rangers this year. This is a manager's third season. You could see when he's come in, it's been a steady progression. Um, I like the way he goes about his business. I like the way his teams play. Um, but it's still early in the season for me. We're only eleven games in. They've qualified great for the the group straight uh, group stages, Europa League. Um, but let's just take a step back. There's still a long way to go. But I like Sean's confidence. Are you concerned, Sean, about what happened post winter break last season? Yeah, I'm definitely was concerned with that, and I'm glad there's, uh, there's no winter break this season. I think we honestly, I think Rangers are going to run, and I think they'll even. Uh, make least least the minimum the last sixteen in the Europa League. I think under Gerard, see see in the Europa League, I think Rangers play one of the best football. I think see to be honest, I wasn't a fan of Gerard last season. I was merely one of the guys calling him to go. But see to be honest, in Europe the guy's amazing. He, he play the football we play in uh, Europe. We play attacking football, um, and I actually fancy it was chances. Obviously, we'll never win the Europa League. We're not that good, but. I honestly think we'll win the league this season and I think we'll go far. So so you'd happily have seen the back of Steven Gerrard last season, Sean? Last season, I would, last season, 100%. I, I was on uh, Top Sport talking to um, Jim Whitener and I was going, Gerrard's out now because I just thought the lost. Forget Jim White, you're on with Rod McLean and Barry Ferguson and Ali. Forget him. I forget him anyway. I think he's one of them now anyway. But I said, keep <laughs> on. No, see, to be honest, eh, Barry. The guy needs to talk Rangers up all the time and see how the last two years he's talked Rangers down. So since he's joined Talk Sport, the only guy, only good guy on Talk Sport is um, Alan McCoy. Yes, <laughs> other 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 inferior inferior radio football shows are available. Yeah, but... I love your I love your new show, guys. She's a damn brilliant, and he's a better on radio Clyde. <laughs> Yeah, well, quite a lot switching across, Sean. Thank you very much indeed. Good to good to have your call and very confident very about much, about what happens next Cheers. for Cheers, Rangers. And, and, and certainly, Rangers made a big statement. It was a bold statement, wasn't it, at Celtic Park on Saturday? And you're rightly, Barry, being really cautious mm-hmm. uh, because we're so early into the season. Uh, but but Rangers wanted to make a statement and did. Yeah, they, they certainly did with the performance, Rob. But I, I like the vibes that was coming out after the game. I like the manager's interview. I like the players' interviews. Um, I think last year's game before New Year, um, you seen the celebrations. Um, it was more like, listen, we know it's early doors. We've played well. We've deserved to win the game. 
but sometimes you've got to show that bit of respect and I think that's what came out of the Rangers dressing room look things are looking good but it can quickly change we know what football's like um, you can go overconfident I just think there's a a good confidence just now flowing through the Rangers team and they need to continue that that was the problem last season consistency that's 11 games in 9 wins 2 draws you'll take that they've done really well in Europe but as I, I keep going back to there's a long long way to go what did you gauge from what Thomas Buffel was telling us earlier on about the scale of opposition for Rangers tomorrow night? They sound a young team. Yep. What, what, I had looked through their squad as well. They've, they've got a lot of potential. Um, they've, they've not got a lot of experience in Europe as well, some of these players. So, listen, I, I think it's a great opportunity for Rangers to get a, the first three points on the board, uh, Rob. As I said, the, the confidence aside, they've got to take a lot of confidence coming out of that game on Saturday. And I, if I'm being honest, I don't think the manager will change much. I don't think he'll change much personnel in the starting 11. I'd be surprised if he, he does. Um, Would Hadji play possibly? Yeah, he likes playing Hadji in, in Europe uh, That could be possibly one change, him and Barker um, But I think the rest, Ryan Jack may come in Because it's away from home Sometimes he likes to hit in the counter-attack But I think the manager's style is really suited to European football um, And that was something maybe they struggled to bring back in domestically um, But they're starting to get that right this uh, this season and success in one branch of football should really breed success in the other, shouldn't it? If you're if you're doing well in Europe and you're you're building your confidence, building your belief yep. and your style of play, that that should just bounce back into into the domestic scene as well. It was it's been difficult to explain why Rangers have taken so many big scalps in Europe um, in the last couple of seasons and not managed to see things out in the league. Yep, and I know from from my own experience, he's playing in Europe. Um, coming back off a, a tough European game um, Sometimes it's not the way that you want to play you're, you're not playing at the top of your level But you've got to find a way for somewhere To make sure you get the three points Sometimes it's a, a scrap Rob it's, it's not great I, Many a times I walked into that dressing room um, After a game on a Sunday For playing a European game on a Thursday night And I would look round about and think That's one of the worst games that I've played in But the main thing and the most important thing is you've got the three points and that's what I see the Rangers starting to do now the proof will be in the pudding in, in, in Sunday as I said we'll go back to the last Saturday great away performance against your biggest rivals you've got European a tough European game against Standard Liège um, a lot of young good uh, players so the, the acid test will be in Sunday do you know, it was interesting last night when Davy Proven was on he was uh, going along the lines and, and thinking that Gerard is possibly thinking about proving himself in Europe more so than stopping 10 in a row this year I don't know what your thoughts are on that No he'll be wanting to stop 10 in a row No I, I, I get where Davey's coming from in terms of, I think he's impressed a hell of a lot of people the way that his teams go about their business in, in Europe but no uh, inside the, the four walls in that dressing room it'll be trying to stop 10 in a row and uh, listen across the, the water Celtic will be desperate to win 10 in a row so he would, he it's a great season. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't be reflecting the the feelings of the the supporters of Rangers if that was the case. If if Europe was more important than than stopping Celtic. No, look, you've got to be uh, be professional. Look, I, I think at the start of the season, Rob, your bread and butter is the league you play in, um, and it's a massive season for Rangers. I say it at the start of the season. The manager knows himself. He he. 
he puts a lot of pressure on himself. He, he's not won a trophy in two years, um, but I think potentially he's got it to go and do it. I think he's got a good squad. He's added really well um, right at the start of the season. Uh, so only see positive vibes coming out, but listen, always take one game at a time. It's all saying, Rob, you, you can never get carried away because if you get carried away, you know what's round the corner. That Rangers game is now less than 24 hours away. It's a 5-6 to six kick-off tomorrow night in Belgium. Standard Liège against Rangers and then followed very quickly by Celtic against AC Milan. 8 o'clock start for that one in the group stages of the Europa League. Get in touch with us if you want to get involved in the Go Radio Football Show. That number 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Going to talk Celtic shortly and that big match against AC Milan. Will they bounce back tomorrow night from what happened uh, on their home patch on Saturday, losing the first Old Firm match of the season? We've been talking Rangers as well, of course, their game with Standard Liège in Belgium uh, tomorrow night. We had Thomas Buffel on the show earlier on, uh, giving us the lowdown on Liège. And we heard, of course, from Ramon Vega right at the top of the show as well, a former Celtic defender about what sort of shape uh, they are in for that uh, meeting with uh, Milan Zlatan Ibrahimovic and all tomorrow night. Let's talk to Mark, who's a, a Celtic fan in Newton Merrins. Hi, Mark. Hi, Rob. How are you? Very well. How's yourself? Good, thank you. Good. What would I you like to say? Um, well, I was thinking about the reaction that there's been uh, to Celtic's defeat, and I think a lot of Celtic fans are. You know, they're panicking a bit, talking about wanting rid of Neil Lennon and daft things like that. I mean, I know it's probably just internet chat, but um, I just think it's a piece of nonsense. Um, it was a terrible performance and a terrible result, but I think now's the time for a calm head to try and regroup and work out where we can improve, where we went wrong, and um, and make sure it, make sure we put things right. Um, I think... The, the, obviously everything went against us as far as um, losing losing Edward and losing Christie was concerned. You know it was going to, it was always going to be a tough game for us. But I think that um, if he if he wasn't going to start Griffiths, I think he should have given him a lot more time in the pitch than the than the short amount of time he got. So he's not blameless, but I just don't think it's time to panic and talk about changing managers or anything daft. Well, there's no doubt your gaffer thinks that the the some of the fallout has been a bit over the top. Definitely. Look, you always get, for me anyway, an overreaction from a, a disappointing performance or defeat. I think these players are amazing. I think they've done amazing things. I'm confident that they'll continue to do amazing things for the club. We weren't very good, particularly in the second half on Saturday, and that's on me. So I have to take responsibility for the team performance, not the players. We're working really hard in the background now to you know, get back to the, the penetrating quick football that we know we're capable of doing and that's what we're looking for in the next sort of three to four games to try and hit those heights again. So Mark, that's what your gaffer said today. Are you on the same wavelength as Neil Lennon? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, I know he's obviously man enough here to, to put his hands up and say, um, you know, he's, he's taking the blame. But I just, uh, I simply don't understand... The, why, why he wouldn't have played Griffith, el Griffith earlier than that? You know, I mean, it, it was crying out for someone. I know, obviously, he got the chance. He got a chance, and when he went around McGregor, he made a bit of a pig's ear of it, and, and it, it didn't go our way there. But I just think that a player like that, you know, put him on for the full second half. It just seemed a bit daft not to. 
I would be interested to see. I, I, I don't know if somebody's asked Neil Lennon the, the question regarding Lee Griffiths. I know two weeks ago he came on. We spoke about it in Monday, Rob. Mm-hmm. He came on for that fourteen minutes, and I thought he was he was excellent. He sparked that um, two 0 victory for me. Um, then he had two weeks preparation leading up to the Old Firm game, and I, I'm still thinking to myself, that's plenty of time to get a level of fitness up, and that's why I was surprised that he never even started the game. But the only guy that know, I'll know that is Neil Lennon. He's a guy that sees him every single day on the training ground. But am I surprised he's not at a level yet to start for Celtic? Did Were you surprised, Mark, that did you expect him to start on Saturday, um, Lee Griffiths? To be perfectly honest, I expected Steve Clark to call him up for Scotland when he made an announcement that he was going to call up a few more players. Yeah. But... Um, he didn't and we obviously Scotland went on to, to get a couple of great results um, and, and he wasn't needed but I just think that he's he's one of those players that he just he's, he's such a good finisher he's such a instinctive player and um, I was I was just very surprised Clamalla I know that um can't remember who, who the opposition was but in the game previous where he scored that late goal where he was brought down inside the box immediately got up and, and and cracked it into the top corner. I mean, it was a feature of a goal, and he's obviously got some ability. But I just think in an old firm game, when it hadn't happened for him in the first half, and maybe you could argue that there was a lack of opportunity for him there. You know, we didn't really create much in the whole game. But I just think to give him to give him the first half he didn't do anything. The second half, give Griffiths the full half, and then and see where we go. But you know, he only, he only got a wee bit. He only got a wee bit to go at, and then. I was also disappointed, you know, Duffy, I thought it's a fairly good start to his Celtic career, but it was a disappointing game from him then, he was yeah. very wasteful in possession. I thought um, I thought Ayer um, came back and showed, showed a good game, not a great game, but he, he's, he's so much more um, effective at, at bringing the ball out from the back than, than Duffy, you know, Duffy just is a bit kind of hoof it out the park, or, whereas Ayer at least can come forward, take a man on, play a good pass. As he did for Griffiths when he when he when he, he didn't he didn't finish that. Um, I think Julian will do well to get him back. Uh, there's been a bit of unusual criticism towards him. I know he's sometimes not the strongest in the challenge, but I don't think that he's done anything to warrant. You know, um, some of the kind of stuff I've been reading about fans thinking he's not up to the task. You know, Mark, Mark, can I ask you a question? Are you not baffled why Lee Griffiths um, never started the game? Because as I'd mentioned before, he'd come on against St. Johnson and he had that two weeks, obviously, over the, the international break. Because um, I know a number of Celtic fans, I bumped into them over the last couple of days and even at training last night, half of my team are, um, are, are Celtic fans. Um, and they were asking me the same question. That was a chat amongst them. Mm-hmm. Why? It's a big talking why, point, yeah. Why is he not fit enough? But that's a question that Neil Lennon, he, he's the only guy that can answer. Because um, Lenny obviously sees him every single day on the training ground at, at Lennox Town, and I think you were talking about a possible Scotland call-up, Mark. And I, and I think a lot of people, I was. A lot, yeah, me too. And and a lot of people thought that because he wasn't mm-hmm. he, he wasn't drafted into the Scotland squad when when they had a pull out, so he, he could easily yep. have gone in. And and I think a lot of people assumed. Well, Celtic want to keep him under mm. their nose, maybe, yep, and make sure fit. make sure that he is going to be fit for for that old firm game. I agree with you. And I said to you, Robin, Monday, see when that Celtic team sheet came into the dressing room at eleven o'clock, and you seen that starting eleven, number nine, Lee Griffiths. Then you start to think, 
Where's a real player? I think when they two, no disrespect to Elinousi and, and Klamala, but Edward obviously going to be missing the game through uh, coronavirus, but Lee Griffiths, they're on a different level. But I think two weeks, as you mentioned, at Lennox Town, you'd have been through intense training. Could you not have got 60, 65, 70 minutes? Yeah. A Lee Griffiths and, and if he was to be on the bench I mean you heard uh, Mark you heard uh, Neil Lennon talking there and, and blaming himself for mm. for second half would, would one of his would one of those mistakes have been not to have brought Griffiths on well, earlier had he been on a little bit earlier he might have been sh- a bit sharper seen, when he took the ball around McGregor in terms of uh, Neil Lennon's comments that's good man management he's taking the blame but as we spoke right at the start of the show with, with Raman the players have got to take responsibility for that performance. I know Celtic were missing a number of players, a number of quality players, let's, let's be honest about it, but the players that are on that pitch, the manager can't do anything when they cross that white line. They've got to take the responsibility. And Neil Lennon's took a wee bit of heat off them, um, but now they need to go and repair them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd Ramon Vega, I don't know if you heard the top of the show, Mark, but we'd Ramon Vega on, and I think he was looking on in horror at the concession of that first goal when, the, when Shane Duffy dropped and, and nobody else did, and he played on Conor Goldson, and, and there was no way back. Yeah, it was it was poor, but I mean, uh, see, see just why we're talking about that, that first goal. Now, I don't want to just start hurling, um, you know, not abuse, but hurling, you know, accusations of people not being good enough, but Barkis. For that first goal, yeah. I know it was a, almost a point blank header, but see even the manner at which he went to try and save it, he looked like he looked like a guy that had been given a goalie top and said, "Here, on you go in goals and let's see what you're made of." Like an outfield player being given a goalie top for that, yeah. it just didn't look like a natural attempt to get the ball. Yeah, it was such a weird looking yeah. attempt. I mean, it? you would be disappointed um, if your goalkeeper let that in. But listen, for me, Celtic had a top class goalkeeper last year. Fraser Foster was unbelievable yeah. you're going to find it hard to replace him and then I was I, I was surprised that they even let Craig Gordon go I watched the game Friday night for Hearts and I thought he was outstanding yeah well, we had David Proven on the show last night and he, mm. he said why not why not why did they not go and get David Marshall on a free transfer he's only 35 36 he's, he's doing great things for Scotland he it's looks at excellent. the top of his game at the moment would he not have been the obvious guy to come in uh, rather than going down the European line, bringing in Vasilis Barkas, and he's done nothing so far to make you say, "Wow, what a save that was!" Yeah, that, that was Fraser Forster esque. You know, we've seen nothing of that. But what we have seen is that first goal at Celtic Park on Saturday, and we we had a Celtic fan on, on the other night saying that his missus would have, would have oh. saved it. Uh, maybe it wasn't that easy easy a stop, but I think you were looking for him uh, to get something on it, Mark. Yeah, without a doubt, and then. Um, um, I missed a bit of what you said a minute ago there, but talking about Craig Gordon, yeah, it, it, he should have been kept at the club. And David Marshall, I mean, he was available. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I know what you're saying now, it's been, it would be difficult to replace Fraser Foster, but, I mean, you know, he, he, Craig Gordon, I think... He's still he, top-class, he, Mark. He's still uh, a top-class goalkeeper. He, he is. He is. He's, not, he's not at the same level as Foster, but he's still, he's still definitely... He, he certainly looks better than Barkas to me, and we've just spent £5 million in the guy. Mm. Mark, I'm going to throw this into the mix now. Um, with Celtic, six out of the seven goals conceded have come from set pieces. How worrying for you is that as a fan? Um, well, it is worrying, but the... It, it, it points to it points to maybe a lack of a lack of 
understanding between the players about what their roles are at set plays, you know. Um, I think it's obviously something they can maybe work on. Uh, in a way, in a way, it's probably better to be losing more goals from set plays than open play from the point of view of it's something that you can probably work on as a team to kind of sort out rather than if you're losing random goals all the time from open play, then there's maybe not specific training you can do to improve, whereas at set plays there must be drills you can do, work a lot harder on who's meant to be picking up who. I mean, I, I would have thought that the first goal certainly against Rangers where Duffy drops and the rest don't. I mean, that... Yeah. That, that's that's something that shouldn't need to be sorted I thought that would be the kind of thing that Yeah, that, that's you know, me and Rob, Mark, we're speaking about that off air that, That's something that's worked on in the training ground It's just been a lack of communication That Duffy's dropped that split second too early um, And it's allowed I mean, if he keeps his line with, his, with, with the back lot Golson's offside So yeah, he drops yep. that split second early And it allows the Golson to get the, the header And then the second phase is the, the goalkeeper's got to be disappointed with that He's got to at least get his hands to it Mark, judging by the noise in the background We've got a bit of competition for your attention at the moment So we're going to let you go And we're going to say thanks for calling us on the Go Radio Football Show uh, Good to hear from you Okay, thank you Take Cheers care. Mark Let's uh, just hear a little bit more before we go Of uh, Neil Lennon and what he's been saying today He spoke about that overreaction to the, the Old Firm result on Saturday But what sort of player reaction has he had? Well obviously the initial feeling is You know, we were bitterly disappointed you know, we've got a, a great game to look forward to and, you know, we've tried to be positive with the players and they've responded in the right way. So we've worked the, we've had the, the luxury, if you want to call it that, of getting some days on the training ground together and then we move on. We, we get our heads down, we work hard, but they also have to hold their heads high. You know, there's a long way to go. Not happy with, you know, the result, but um, there's plenty of time to improve and bounce back. And of course, tomorrow night, it is AC Milan featuring... Ibrahimovic, the star man for AC Milan. You know, the players and even the ones who have come in are aware of what's at stake. But it doesn't matter if you're going for your first, if you're going for your fifth, if you're going for your tenth. You know, every year we want to win the championship and um, this season's no different. The season's been different, you know, in terms of the protocols, the new norm, if you want to call it that, no supporters. And we have to adapt to that as best we can. I don't think the performance has been really up to the level that we're capable of. And, you know, I'm hoping that's going to be, you know, turned around as we go along. Celtic chasing 10 in a row, but uh, with European aspirations as well. Of course, 8 o'clock tomorrow night for Celtic against AC Milan. We'll be looking forward to that one on the show tomorrow. And the Rangers game will kick off uh, during the Go Radio football show tomorrow because it's a 5-6 to six kickoff in Belgium. Standard Liège against Rangers. We're back tomorrow at 5. The Go Radio football show. Let's go!